Welcome to the Iron Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. And we are back. We're here to talk about the return of the Ion Cannon podcast. We've been away for a little bit. William's been off touring the Galaxy, Naboo. Um, and so I'm really excited to talk about the return with you guys. It's just it's so great to be back on the air. It is. As, as Jar Jar might say, hello, my lords. We're so back. I was just, just Jar Jar's like, home we start planet, over again so you know. and just maybe, <laughs> maybe you don't do that? Is that what? No, let's just keep going. I think he was fine. He It's, it's, it's space lag, jet lag, whatever you want to call it. He... Space he lag. Just <laughs> space lag. Yeah, just keep it a space lag. I love it. I love it. Space lag. Yeah. No, I, it's it's nice to be back. Um, I mean, it's been it's been a few weeks uh, behind the scenes. Uh, we had a couple of vacations. Steve went on vacation, and then I went on vacation for a couple of weeks. And we we really, really, really wanted to review the Mandalorian season finale, but these trips had already been planned, and there was literally no time to record. Um, as you guys mentioned, I actually had a chance to go to Lake Como, uh, and, um, got to go to, uh, Villa del Babianello where they filmed Attack of the Clones. So cool to see. I, I love that. Um, like being where Anakin and Padme, uh, stood and everything. Yes. The sand is coarse and rough and gets everywhere. It, it was, it, it was really fun. My question, William. <laughs> And uh, no, it's it's just cool to see too how they uh, took the real life location and just subtly changed it here and there. But we actually took a boat because um, there's two options. You can either hike or you can take a boat up to the villa. And so we took the boat up to the villa just like Anakin and Padme. And it was, it was pretty great. It was really cool. It was really, living, really cool. Living the dream, William. Yeah, that was, so that was one of the many, many stops on our trip. But we're back. And uh, Stephen, I know you had a fun time as well. Uh, so we're Absolutely. Yeah, First on vacation, then being sick. So, you know, it all, oh, it all works out nicely. Yeah, yeah, that part's not quite as fun. Wow. But, uh, Boy, I'm but the we're, boring we're one. I, I stayed around. I did nothing. <laughs> but Tom, but you, you been... were holding down the fort. That's I was I was sitting there making sure that we basically you know yes I was holding down the fort exactly so just to yes. just to be clear so we're we're always very topical on this show so we're talking about the the season finale of the Mandalorian which came out I believe yesterday right because it uh, obviously we're always <laughs> on yeah. the, on the point yeah no the one advantage though is because I was in Italy um, I was we we were we woke I think we were in Venice at the time. And the episode came out at 9 a.m., which is such, it was perfect timing. We watched it and then went out and explored the city. Uh, so I got to watch it like the second when it went up, which was really fun. Um, but then we couldn't record for multiple weeks. So we're back. We're here. Yeah. We're excited to talk Star Wars. It's been way too long. Mm-hmm. We have a big backlog next week, uh, this weekend. Uh, if you're listening to this right as it comes out, we're going to be reviewing the Bad Batch uh, season finale. So. Uh, don't worry, we've got a lot of more content coming. We've got Visions just came out, Visions Season 2, so we'll get our review of that coming soon. Um, Star Wars Jedi Survivor is out. Steven, maybe you and I need to have a, do an episode just 
talking about the game once we finish it because it's I'm yep. really I'm only like one day in because I was <laughs> gone, uh, but I'm really enjoying that. Uh, there's just so much so much good stuff happening, so much good stuff to discuss. I, I'm also I'm not super far into it yet. I've done I don't know I've probably done like ten hours or something like that. I will say, okay. which I actually that may be like a third of the game, but that's fine. Uh, the most interested I've ever been in a story that touches on the High Republic, which is yeah, that I was think, saying a lot. So. Uh, we'll have to. I agree. We should do an episode yeah. and talk about it when yeah, yeah. we're done. I, I, I'm I'm still very early. I'm on the. I finished the prologue and I'm on the first planet without spoiling anything. But yeah, we should do a a a, a deep dive at some point into Star Wars Jedi Survivor because it's it's so much fun. It's so much fun. I've been playing it in my. I'm very jet lagged, but I've been enjoying. <laughs> I woke up very early with the jet lag and just played for a few hours uh before work and it's been it's been fun so you you guys are making me want to kick my son off his xbox and play the game just so i can be in on one of these conversations do it do it do it now (laughs) well we were i'd say do it now but we're recording a podcast so i can't yeah no you know it's it's uh it's it's you should do it it's it's really fun game um maybe i'll watch him and that way he can play yeah. it and I can pick up what he's doing. There you go. There you go. There you That's go. a great win-win, right? Yeah. 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 That way I don't have uh, to pay for my own copy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. While we will be doing a dedicated review of Star Wars Vision Season 2 in a, a couple of weeks, um, the another show debuted, Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures. It's actually the first TV series set in the High Republic. We have the Acolyte coming uh, soon as well, but Young Jedi Adventures is in the High Republic as well. It's you know, it's it's not a it's not really a show aimed at us, right? It's aimed much more mm-hmm. at younger kids. Uh, but it is cool to see this era on screen for the first time and see the the Jedi in their prime. You see the Nile uh, on screen for the first time, although they're only referred to as pirates, right? Because uh, this is for kids; they don't call them the Nile. Um, still, it, it's it's really cool, and it's you know got an appropriately adorable art style for a show aimed at kids um and uh so yeah you know there's what seven 22 minute episodes interestingly each kind of reminds me of the old days of you know cartoons and animation where uh each you know 22 minute episode has actually two storylines um and they just mush them into one i don't really know why they do that in the age of streaming now given that i don't think it really matters how many numbers of episodes or what the runtime is Mm -hmm. um but yeah that the season is is out they dropped all the episodes at once and uh you know the characters are are very adorable and and, and, and cute and uh you know the plots are kind of and dialogue are kind of simplified but i have to say it does not fall into that trap of where some kids shows do or just like annoying yelling uh all the time star wars resistance kind of fell into that trap um and so you know even though you have a bunch of very young kids going off and flying spaceships and going off unsupervised on adventures um i'm like do, do, so I'm like, are you should the jedi really be sending these kids off on these missions by themselves i'm not really sure but i, I don't i don't i don't think so but you gotta you do have to remember hey, it is a kid show it it's, is it's the exactly high republic there's exactly. really not much going on within their little thing in me bobber world so it's like yes yeah. they probably could be able to get away with it with some adult supervision along the way exactly so you know it's it's enjoyable and uh you know i think it's it's a fun it's a fun way to have your kids watch Star Wars. I, I will say, you know, it's an interesting 
discussion to be had around do you show them that first that their first introduction to star wars or do you wait and introduce them to star wars with some other thing right uh clone wars yeah or or right clone wars or whatever i say but, clone wars I mean, clone wars has definite some you know war crimes and things like that in there too yeah. i don't know if clone wars is age appropriate either right in a and, lot of you know, cases and, and like anything it's, right you know parents should always you know, uh, uh, screen content before showing kids and decide, make your decision for, you know, what you want to show, et, et cetera. Um, but you know, it's, it's neat that they have a show more aimed at younger kids. Uh, and it was, it was very enjoyable overall. So yeah, that's star Wars young Jedi adventures out now. Um, okay. Well with that, I think we've made people wait long enough, right? Mm-hmm. I think so we that, that's it, right? That, we're done. We're done with the episode. No. <laughs> yeah. No, no. It's it's time to talk about the thing you've all been waiting for, the Mandalorian. So, Tom, take it away. So we are going to be talking about Mandalorian chapter 24, which wraps up the season of the show. It is titled The Return, directed by Rick Famuiba, written by John Favreau. The synopsis in the episode is the Mandalorian and his allies confront their enemies. Uh, they not only confront their enemies, but man, I'm telling you, what an episode. I What I loved about it, it picks up exactly where it left off last week, right when Din Djarin got captured. That was the number one thing you loved about it? Well, no, <laughs> no. I didn't want, give, you no. <laughs> give me a hard time because I didn't want to give away taking a starship and dropping it on a planet. Yeah, this was a but we we got to get to that first. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. I I really enjoyed the episode. It it's it, it's we've been wanting to see the return to Mandalore for so long, and they're there. You get a lot of great action. Um, it's a it's a fun episode. And I'm excited to to dive in. So, should we talk about where, where do we want to start? Where do we want to start on this? Steven, I, I want to start with the lie. If okay, that's okay, the lie. Oh, the okay. lie. Okay. Okay, so go with the lie. Episode, could be could be the title of a of an of an episode of uh, it, the Mandalorian. Yes. Uh, it, good point. Okay, good point. Oh well, sorry. I'm actually talking about a lie. Da dun, da da dun, da dun. <laughs> okay, let him let him let him explain. So, what is the lie? Uh, I don't know about you guys. I was really thrown off that you know the previous episode is called the spies plural. Right. We obviously got our one spy scene on Coruscant. But we spent a lot of time in our review talking about like, oh, is it the the armor who's maybe like, is it Axe Wol uh, Wolves, right? Like, is yeah. he the one who is responsible here? Um, there were there was no secret Mandalorian working for the Empire. It was literally just playing it straight, which I don't know if it was intentional. The previous episode was misleading in its titling, but like it left me jumping through a lot of this episode and then it nothing ever happens. I want to believe it was a misdirection to make you think that one of them was going to turn because I really, once, once the episode was over, you kind of forgot that that was the title of the previous mm -hmm. episode. There was quote unquote, a spy in last episode. Okay. But I think it was just misdirection really do. Yeah. I mean, it worked. Yeah, it really did. It did. Cause you know, both, you know, Axe Wolves ended up being very, very loyal to the end. Um, mm -hmm. Although he survived, right? So yeah, he does no, survive. No, he he definitely survived. So he, to the end of the episode, I guess, um, <laughs> not the end of his life. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he 
you know, we see them, he, he jetpacks up into orbit and they evacuate the capital ships. And it, it's so cool to see. I love seeing like all the Mandalorians diving out of the ships and barding the gauntlet drop. It's just, it's so cool. It really is. Um, I don't fully understand how they can jetpack up into orbit and back, but they can't suspension follow of disbelief. Just leave it at that, that. one. Just, just they can't follow the monster earlier in the season to its lair. <laughs> uh, well, but... I that <laughs> look. I was okay, going to William, bring that I wasn't part up. Bring this up, but we did see um, like Paz Vizsla does have. He's got you know bulkier armor. He's got the big chain gun, all the ammo for that. You know, it, it takes it's more just thrust, an older. You know? Yeah, it's an older more, more fuel. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, like actually, more legitimately, I do think the that episode was trying to portray how far the monster had flown. Uh, like I the implication is it went really, really far. Like if it went, I don't know, halfway across the planet. I mean not halfway across the planet, that'd be kind of silly, but like many, many, many miles of flying was my read. Mm-hmm. And oh, I yeah, don't I agree. Like yeah, orbit I agree. but Axwos flew into outer space. <laughs> <laughs> okay Again, hang on. now I, how how suspension of disbelief just orbit. just leave it there <laughs> it's only with an out okay never mind it's 1200 miles that's a lot too <laughs> i mean maybe it was farther i don't know but who I'm knows, just saying, who knows i could believe that the monster flew 12, okay maybe not twelve thousand miles that seems or sorry 1200 miles Okay. I don't know. My point is, twelve hundred. So it's about it's about a half cool. of the. He flew about half the U.S. right into space. Half the width yeah, of the United okay. States. You, how long would that take, too? <laughs> now I'm know. curious. I, you now I'm back. actually kind guys, of, guys. Let's. <laughs> this is no, not where on, we should be going. <laughs> this is Star Wars. It's I know. Star I know. Wars physics. Just, just, yeah, we. It's just. just, just we're going yes. with it. We're going with it. You're right, Tom. You're right. I know. I know. This is fun. Just just run with it. But once okay, you start down this dark path, forever will it dominate your destiny. Don't don't do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Because now you're going to start pulling out equations and geometry and math. And it's like, no, 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 no. I don't need this right now because it's such a great episode to try and put math into this. It's not going to work for me. No, it isn't. You can't. Yeah. Right. Um, no. But it is, it, it's cool to see. I love, I don't know. I just love seeing all the Mandalorians. It, we get some great action and yeah to your point he was loyal the whole time so was the armor there was mm-hmm. no spy end of story yeah. yeah yeah i can i can live with that yes um i i was surprised by how quickly din escaped at the beginning though yeah i was expecting right they were gonna take him to the briefing room and he doesn't even make it to the briefing room i was expecting it to be quite a while and mm-hmm. sure enough, he goes the he goes to the briefing room or halfway, you know, in in route, he, he basically turns on his captors and subdues them, uh, or well, almost subdues them. You know, he starts he's actually almost like taken out, and then good old Grogu saves the day. Now, okay, you've got this little walking armor of Grogu. You think they could have given them some kind of weapon as well, other than just like what was what was he spraying in Din's face with the helmet on? Tom, would you give a baby a blaster? And no. William, would you give a baby a robot mechanized suit? Maybe, maybe that he can drive. That <laughs> that has a button that says no, 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 and yes, yes, yes. Oh, I love it though. It's just so fun. I mean, they they could have at least equipped it with a flamethrower, something. I mean, but 
it still worked. He does come. He saves. He saves Din, and again, it gets the. You know what? Here's Din looking at Grogu saying, "I'm going to need you to back me up, bud. You got this. You know, are you ready for this?" He's putting a lot of trust into a 50 year old baby, in a, in a piece of armor. Well, he is and, kind of and, walking robot. One of the things I really loved about this episode is just seeing them work together. Right, both. Din and Grogu and then later Bo-Katan as well. The way they, especially near the end, they're, they're helping each other out. They're taking turns. Uh, it's, it's really cool. It feels like they really are a team. And I just, I just loved it. Also the, like that, that sequence when they were working their way through the hallway. Oh my gosh. I loved that. I go, what Steven, go ahead. No, no, just, (laughs) You're 100% correct. That yes. the hallway scene with the the barriers being opened one by one. Mm-hmm. Just fantastic like fight chore- fight choreography, cinematography. Mm-hmm. I loved yeah. especially the look on like the last two as they watch their like teammates taking <laughs> down one by yeah. one. Yeah. And there's like, "Oh god. Oh, this is not going to work." Oh, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> um perfectly done. Yeah. Well, and what's and so cool thing- is it's Oh, sorry, Tom. Go ahead, do it. I was going to say, and the other thing about this that I love, and this is going to a different part of it, that was part of having the the shields go down. You actually got to see how useless those mouse droids are. Yeah. Because here you have R R five who is actually deactivating those shields, and then they he gets discovered by a mouse droid. Then all of a sudden, five of them come out of nowhere with little red lights like police cars and just start pounding him. And looking at R five, you got this look on his face like. I mean, on his helmet or whatever you want to call it, it's like, are you kidding me? I can just blast myself away from here and get away from these guys because they're useless. But I mean, he was pretty scared at first, uh, but he he was scared, which was true. But just to have him just, you know, guys, you're you're below me. I mean, yes, the fight choreography was great, but I have to go to the comedy aspect of it at the end of that to kind of to to bridge or whatever with the whole thing. I thought that was fun, but. Yeah. Steven. I, I will say I laughed a little bit at the reveal that R5 also miraculously has jets, like very much <laughs> R2D2 style episode two. Like, oh, yeah. when was this a thing? But okay, I guess so. I think my takeaway yeah. is actually Jawas take really bad care of their droids. Yep. Oh yeah. R R5 was a really always a, an R2 wannabe and yeah, he... it's it's just continuing. <laughs> exactly. He keeps moving next to R R2 just to be like him and you know, copies them in every way. It's 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 a problem. Mm-hmm. It's it's a yeah. It's a, it's an issue. R two is like tried to file a restraining order against R five. It's all it's a long story. <laughs> oh boy. Um, but uh, no, I the, the the hallway scene though was just. It, it almost reminded me of like Gun Game and Call of Duty, where Din starts off with just his fists. He has no weapons, right and. Every time a barrier goes down, he knocks out the those commandos and takes their weapon and kind of upgrades his weapon every step of the way. And it's just such a great it's, it it's just perfectly done. Even that that last um there's one of the troopers that falls and like Din tries to reach and grab the trooper's blaster mm-hmm. as the as he falls over. It's just I loved it. And it has, you know, kind of the Phantom Menace callbacks in some way. It's just it's I loved it. I loved it. It's probably my favorite scene of the episode. There was only one thing that kind of took me out of it. 
And have you guys ever watched the uh, the show called Police Squad with Leslie Nielsen back in the day? Mm-mm, no. Okay. There's a scene. It's a comedy thing. Okay. But he's sitting here behind a trash can shooting at somebody. Then you cut to the other guy behind a trash can shooting at somebody. Then all of a sudden you realize they are about two feet away from each other, popping over the trash can, shooting at each other. There is a spot within this where Din's got a shield, the super commando's got a shield, and they're two feet away from each other, shooting at each other. I do feel like I remember seeing that and finding it yeah. sad, silly. Yeah, that, it, it's I, I mean, simple. I I know, and I, I totally get it. I'm not knocking the scene because the choreography, Stephen, like you said, going from each, and especially I think when he gets to the last two, and he comes running out of that cloud where you can see the two of them are just like, what's going on? And Din comes running out of that cloud and basically hits the floor and slides to knock one down mm-hmm. while shooting the other. I mean, it just all that just choreography was just outstanding. It really was. It 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 was just ah, I love that scene. Like that that sequence is like 10 out of 10. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. 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 Um and then they go from that room to a, a new room featuring cloning tanks and they've they've been hinting at cloning for a while right we knew grogu they were doing tests on grogu something cloning related probably about his force abilities and we saw the cloning tanks last season a few times we didn't really know what they were being used for and then last week uh moff gideon did or last episode right he did reveal that he was there he was trying to make perfect clones for sensitive clones of himself but now we actually get to see them and there's a, it's kind of a creepy sequence of just a whole bunch of Moff Gideon clones in a room, but they destroy it very quickly. And, mm-hmm. and this is where I'm torn. I, I feel like this was such a big mystery throughout the whole series. And it feels like they just very quickly wrapped it up and tied a little perfect bow on it and threw it out. How, do, you, do you guys feel similarly or how do you, what do you think of this whole clone answer yeah it felt it felt to me like they pulled back a little bit on what they originally intended like i felt like originally we were going for a full-blown uh i shouldn't actually say that i think originally we were i felt like we were drawing a straight line between uh like mandalorian season one and the sequel trilogy um they're going after grogu because they're trying to clone uh you know make a clone of palpatine or i mean mm-hmm. i guess they made at the time i think they may maybe just snoke i'd have to like go back and look at the timing again but like it felt like they were trying to very closely connect those two lines mm-hmm. um and now it feels more like they're like oh you know the sequel trilogy maybe didn't go quite the way we hoped instead of being like a straight line maybe there's some more nuance here it's not just that the empire disappeared and then came back, but there's actually like this council of people and they're each doing different things. And um, I think I, it feels like they tried to mature it. And I agree, like this just ended up not feeling like a great payoff. Like, okay, Gideon mm-hmm. was cloning himself because he's super egotistical. Got yeah. it. Right. And yeah. they destroy all the clones instantly. The clones never are used. And Moff Gideon, basically he kind of wraps up it wraps up that storyline by saying oh you smother them before they could take their first breath and that's it right it sounds like they were all destroyed there's nothing left but at least his cloning who's to say that somebody else wasn't trying to do cloning on the side oh because we we know that yeah yep that the i'm sure there is more like i suspect we'll see more with pershing like the fact that he shows up here for us you know an episode makes me feel like 
his story's probably not done yet. Um, this it? to me feels like they were trying to cap off the storylines from the first two seasons um, and get ready for whatever they're going to do next. Like the plans have changed since season one of The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. But it seems like they never really explained what happened to Pershing other than him being under that device and possibly getting his brain fried. We have no idea. Yeah. Oh, no, we he don't. still uh, has that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, that ability. I'm sure that will that will show up later. Yeah. I'm surprised also, they did not address it again this season. And we'll we'll talk about this yeah. more, I think, in our season recap. But yeah, the lack of Pershing. Is is surprising to me. Yeah. And and for me, it was surprising to see these clones of Gideon himself. I was almost thinking it was trying, it was cloning something different other than just as Steven, you said, he's egotistical. They have all these clones of himself in all this armor to be an unstoppable force. I thought it was going to be like a cloning of just like maybe moving into Snoke, maybe, you know, the, the different versions of him, not these perfect clones of Gideon. Yeah. So do you guys think this storyline's done then? Are, are we done with the Gideon clones? I think so. I think yeah. Gideon clones are probably yeah. done. And I yeah. think the Empire chasing after Grogu is probably also done as well. I agree. Yeah, that's that's my feeling as well. And, and yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting that they tied it up so quickly. I, it's nice that we get finally get an answer. It did feel a little anticlimactic, I feel like, because it was just too too predictable and not really used at all. It was like, oh, look, there they are. Oh, they're gone. That was it. Mm-hmm. Thanks, everybody. But it's okay i you know i can't complain i, I will much. say this wasn't the i agree and the other place where i feel like this episode dipped a little bit was around how they handled the dark saber as well which we'll get yes. to once we get yeah, through. yeah we'll get to yes, that yes. yeah yeah bo katana's charge but well and I, I, honestly you make a good point steven i feel like you could probably make this argument for not just not just the dark saber but even the return to Mandalore, right? It, in in many ways, it's it was almost too simple. Um, and the the Mandalorians are like we we very quickly get a, a hint in this episode that no, look, there's plants. There people are 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 able to the the planet can sustain life. It's just been under the under the ground, and look, everything will be okay. And it, I feel like a lot of things were just tied up in too perfect of a bow, almost. Yeah, a hundred percent. I, I'm glad we got the life. That life still lives, but it kind of felt like mm-hmm. a like. Well, yeah, there's obviously like oxygen, so clearly. Sorry, maybe I shouldn't bring physics back into this. This isn't really physics. <laughs> this is biology. Oh, but like, bring it. Why not? But yeah, it it just has that feeling of like it just feel yeah like obviously. Obviously, there's still life of some kind here. Like there's mm-hmm. people surviving. Um, yeah. This entire sequence also felt weird to me. Like Bo-Katan, at the end of the previous episode, she is retreating. They fly to a cave until they hear that the reinforcements are coming, and then they immediately go back to where they just were. Um, yeah, good mm-hmm. point. Well, and it, it just it leaves a little to be desired. It it felt cheap to me almost. Like it, yes. the retreat didn't actually matter. It was just a we need to get to here to show that the plants still live. Mm-hmm. Bingo. And that was ex- right. that's exactly what it was. It was a because it didn't really make sense. Yeah, I mean they wanted refuge, but it, you didn't need to do that. It's weird they would try to take refuge for like five minutes, yeah, and then and then go again. I, it it really was just scene... to say. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, 
I, I, I wish that scene was in the previous episode where when they encounter the Mandalorians who've been living there, there maybe there's a moment yes. where they talk about how, no, like we've we've been trying to preserve, you know, Mandalore so that it will live in the future or something yeah. along those lines. Or even um, have that dinner discussion that they had. Yep. Going back to this place and having the discussion there. It just, yeah. Well, we'll get to this a little bit later in our discussion, but it just feels like everything was tied up a little too quickly and too perfectly. And anyway, we'll 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 get there. But let's talk about another great sequence, though. The assault on the Imperial base. So the Mandalorians they regroup, they uh, with the with the assistance of the rest of the Mandos in orbit, they all go and they attack this Imperial base on Mandalore. And I don't know about you guys, but seeing dozens and dozens of Mandalorians jetpacking through the sky, fighting these Imperial commandos who are also equipped with jetpacks. It's an incredible aerial fight sequence. I yeah, just better. watching them streak in like missiles. Yes. Was, oh, it honestly, what it reminds me of is just this is what I feel like some of the early Mandalorian stuff did very well as well. It's just like that feeling of like mashing action figures together to some degree. Yeah. Um, just nailed it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's also and, nice you know, to see something other than just seeing Tie Fighters fight and starships mm-hmm. fight. Now you've got. Mandalorians and the, you know, Imperial commandos with jetpacks. Because if you watch some of the actual flight sequences, it's almost like you're on the back of a couple of these jetpacks as they're fighting or as they're being shot. Which, you know, some of the Mandalorians with the armor that's on these commandos, uh, they're pretty good shots to take them down. Yeah. No, yeah. you're you're totally right. It, yeah. it, the battle just felt so visceral and so yeah. intense. And it was very action packed. It just mm-hmm. kept yeah. moving. I- I love that we got to see like Bo-Katan use the dark saber to great effect. Mm-hmm. Um, the armor running in with hammers was like just at the right level of ridiculousness. Like she's got one <laughs> yeah. particular shot where like she does like an uppercut and slam, which again, yeah. I don't, I don't understand how that works with jetpacks and like, you know, conservation of momentum. Wow, I'm really like on the <laughs> physics today, but you like, are, <laughs> I don't know why, but it was just, it was thoroughly ridiculous, but just mm-hmm. the right amount of level. Like, you know what? I did always want to see a Mandalorian wielding two hammers go to town. Like, that yeah. sounds perfect. Yes. While flying. Not on the ground like she's done yes. before. Yes. This is while right. in the air. While she in the air. She is taking them out. Yes. Oh, it's so good. It is so good. I well, The I, other I, one, th- okay. there was one more takedown that I enjoyed. Um, the girl that was a second in command to Axe Wolves where she was flying, she hits the deck, and she slides, and you see her go over the side with the two commandos following her. As soon as she goes to the side, it's on the bottom end. She comes back up and just takes him out. I mean, well, again, I she uses the, like, the knee rocket thing again, too. Right? Oh, that's right. Um, that's right. She uses the knee rocket, too. Which, again, perfect. Like, yeah. love mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. E- even in, the, even in the, the next sequence, when they duel Moff Gideon, they, the... It really is a showcase for all of the different Mandalorian weapons. And it's just, Mm -hmm. it is a feast for the eyes. You know, it is just so fun to watch. I have one question, and this has bothered me every time I've watched the episode. When Uh Moff Gideon faces Din, did he, and this this is where I'm confused, and please don't laugh, because this is how I saw it. No, no, it's okay. When, When Moff Gideon fired his rocket at Din to take him out, did it come from his shoulder or his mouth? Because 
where this where this rocket came from, I swear to God, I thought I thought he opened his mouth and that's where it came from. Please don't laugh. I don't understand where that yeah, rocket I don't, came from. I don't know. I, I'll have to go back and... I'd have to go back and see as well. I don't remember that specifically. Yeah, because... But... I think yeah. my favorite thing with this fight was Moff Gideon being like the most video game Star Wars boss of all time. Yeah. <laughs> like to go through the fight. Oh, Din's got me to uh, half of my health down. I'm going to take a break and let my guards come in and do this instead. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> it's so true. It is so true. And, you know, w- with, with Paz Vizel having died previously, right? When the Praetorian guards come in and start taking out, you know, fighting Din, they, they, you know, knock him down at one point. You, you, you think he's gonna he he might die i mean yeah. realistically right he's probably he's not going to but it, the same thing happens to him that happened to paz but then grogu saves the day and this is where that we start getting that back and forth this whole sequence is really nice that in that they kind of cut back and forth between the different fight scenes uh in a very classic star wars sense right star wars always has multiple battles going on simultaneously they cut back and forth between um and i like how they did that here it was a i did find it a bit funny that it felt like no one could fight moff gideon for more than like it could focus on gideon for more than a few seconds because you know din and moff gideon duel and then the praetorian guards come in and so grogu distracts distracts the praetorian guards and somehow they decide oh i'm not gonna finish killing Din, even though he's probably like halfway dead anyway, and we got him mm. right where we want him. Let's go after this uh, this little kid who's running away. So they go follow Grogu, uh, and so Din and Moff Gideon fight, and then Din goes run off to go save uh, Grogu, and Bo-Katan fights Moff Gideon. It's just like they keep there's very like a they can't seem to keep their attention on one person the entire time. But it no, made for a fun it, fight sequence. It made for a fun fight, but it also it also set up the the father going to protect his son because his son's going to sit there and possibly sacrifice himself to save the father. That's why he was taking the Victorian guards away. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. also and, got the, that also got the famous, no, you know? Yeah. And, anyway, and we've got, yeah. you know, Grogu using the force a lot more and he's not, he's no longer tired, right? Ever since he's trained with Luke mm-hmm. and he's, he's able to use the force to, you know, pull weapons away from uh, various enemies or force push them. It just creates this great, father-son dynamic throughout the whole fight and, scene that I, I and really it, enjoyed. And at no point did he use any kind of chokehold. It was always pulling mm-hmm. weapons away or pushing somebody away. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So while they're fighting the Praetorian guards, though, Bo-Katan arrives and takes on Moff Gideon, and they finally get a rematch, which leads to the destruction of the Darksaber. How did you guys feel about this? I... So I'll first say I felt like I felt like Bo didn't get particularly well represented here. Like I, I kind of expected Din to do poorly against Gideon, but like we've already seen that Bo is like a very accomplished fighter. And I don't feel like that came through in this fight at all. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys felt differently. I, I would have liked to have seen it last longer, and I agree. I think I, I think it it should have been better for her. She held her own, you know. It's not like she was not a pushover, but I just I agree with you, Stephen. Totally agree. Yeah, I, I think they're I think they realistically, they probably just wanted to draw the fight scene out a bit more and not have Gideon lose too easily because 
he he's been really been gone until the last episode, right? He hasn't been in this season. He's been missing the entire time ever since Din defeated him in season two. And I feel like they probably didn't want to have him come in and just instantly get defeated. But as a result, they still kind of did that, right? He's still, I mean, it, it sounds like he's, he might be dead. We'll talk more about that in a second. Uh, he, he did, he did manage to destroy the dark saber. Yeah. I don't know. I think, yes, he's got Beskar armor, but he himself doesn't have the force. So I don't know why he's no. as much but of a he, challenge for Bo. But didn't it, he, didn't he have like, it was Beskar armor plus. Cause it also sounded like he had like, um, uh, actua- uh actuators in them as yeah. well. So he had more of a super strength as well in the armor. Yeah. Which I guess allowed him to crush the dark saber. And you know, as we've been covering the dark saber ever since it first showed up in the clone wars all these years ago, after so much time, like building up the, uh, you know, the mystique of the dark saber and how important it is to the leader Mandalore. And it's like destroyed and not mentioned again. I feel like, I feel like it was, they were trying to show that the dark saber, while it's a, it's it's just a symbol and it's not needed to reunite Mandalore, but I they never but it's really not just a symbol, right? Like that was the whole point of Bo's story was that mm-hmm. she lost the dark saber and therefore wasn't able to lead her people. And like right, if they were, I I, I could buy that you know she lost confidence when she lost the dark saber and that's why people left and things like that. But like. What was it two episodes ago when we kind of meet re- reunite the two factions? Mm-hmm. It's very clear that it's just like no, she doesn't have the dark saber, therefore she's not allowed to be the leader. And now it's mm-hmm. literally destroyed. And right, yeah, yeah. and like again, like and I would be okay like uh, <laughs> if they decided that the dark saber is just a symbol, they don't actually need it. Great, all for it. I think it was specifically how much attention they drew to it, and then not paying it off, which was like that's nah, a little well, that's a choice. It's a choice, but don't you think that they possibly have set it up for something else to be more of a symbolic leadership thing than the Darksaber? We'll get to that later because it, it deals with the living water because you have to figure out what happened to, you know, Gideon. But do, do you think that's a possibility? That's why they destroyed it? I mean, I know. I think that's also a thing they're just not going to deal with in this season. Like, yes, we get the mythosaur and the water at the end, but I... Mm-hmm. Bo seems to be the only one who knows it's really there. I guess the armorer does too, but like, well, so does Grogu. I'll bet you Grogu does too. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. but it, it's so weird to me. It's so weird to me that they showed it earlier this season, and Bo mm-hmm. is clearly. She initially didn't tell anyone about it. She kept, she didn't even tell Din, and then she eventually opened up the armorer and told her that it, the the Mythosar exists, and then nothing happened. Right, it's kind of what you always say, Tom. Right, if you're going to show something, you have to yeah. use it later. And but it was weird to. to me that they did show it again in the finale that it was under the water. Right, but that's it. And it wasn't. We had hypothesized, oh, are they going to use it to help reunite Mandalore or take back Mandalore? I thought maybe the the uh, Mythstar was going to appear out of nowhere and help take down the Empire. I don't know what they were going to do, but it's mm-hmm. weird to me that they never used it and it, it it just feels in some ways like they took every single plot line and 
found the absolute shortest path to resolution for them. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like they have this nice, you know, curving storylines and it's like, okay, we, we need to wrap everything up. And what is the fastest way to do that? And the answer to this is, well, we don't need the Mythosaur or, oh, we still going to right. destroy the Darksaber or we're going to quickly introduce and then kill off all of Moff Gideon's clones or mm-hmm. we're going to kill Moff Gideon or, oh, look, life's back on Mandalore and everyone can move back now. Yay. Mm-hmm. It, it, as much as I liked seeing the, you know, Mandalorians return and, and retake Mandalore. Right. It also felt a little easy and, and, and like they kind of cheapened some of the, the and, plot points. And- and I get it. And I'm maybe just that sounds too harsh, this... but no, it, it, it doesn't because I think if you want to go from this point of view, okay, you're a series that has no idea if you're going to be getting a other season. Okay. I think the way that this episode ended, even though there is rumor and, and you can say that John Favreau's already written all the fourth season. Okay. All that stuff, blah, 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 blah. Nobody said anything about when it's going to start filming Nobody said there's any budget. Nobody's announced anything, period. I think if you look at how this show ended, it does kind of give it a very quiet, quote-unquote, series finale. Not going into a, you know, fourth season. It does leave threads, which is the mythosaur. There's barely any threads. Yeah. It's... I think they wrapped up almost everything they could conceivably wrap up yeah. in this yeah. in this episode. And, and, and if I think, you if I, think, I didn't know they 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 had already written a, a fourth season, I would have thought this was the series finale. Bingo. Bingo. I know. I, St- I, Steven, I 100% I, agree with you. Steven, what do you think? No, I agree. Uh I mean, well, to talk about explicitly like the final shot is, you know, Din is on um sorry and actually side sorry i'm gonna i'm gonna come back to this point uh i think we're we shouldn't be calling him din anymore right no i don't think so i think it's because i think his name is jaren because grogu is din grogu that's a whole other thing we need to come back and discuss because okay okay, yeah we're gonna go back and discuss that because there's a lot more to discuss but (laughs) yeah okay steven continue with your thought din is you know he's on navarro he's got his little shed he's kicking back on the porch watching the kid play in the dirt right um yeah, that is a season, uh, sorry, a series finale if ever I have seen one. Yep. Um, I suspect what they're, you know, going for here is a, uh, like, wrapping up all the arcs so they can pick up something new, likely dealing with, you know, and plugging into Ahsoka and Thrawn and, you know, all of those pieces. Um, but, yeah, it's it's kind of a weird way to end it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, it's, I mean, a, it's a final way to end it, but it... it feels weird. I right. mean, I, 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 I can't think of a single plot point that they didn't uh, wrap up or give a decent ending to, right? I, I guess mm-hmm. the, the big thing is, okay, well, what's happened to Pershing? Is he still alive? That's one right. question. But Moff Gideon is theoretically dead. We, let's discuss theoretically. that also. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, he seems pretty dead. And the clones are, it sounds pretty definitively all destroyed. Bo-Katan mm. is the leader of Mandalore, and the Mandalorians are back on their homeworld. The people of Navarro have a marshal again to protect them. We'll come back to that. Uh, Din Jaren has adopted Grogu, and they settle down. He's no longer a bounty hunter and has a respectable job. It feels like 
I mean, I can't think of any plot points that are left except for the hints about Thrawn and other things that could easily be part of a different show. It is the the dark sabers destroyed. Like it's mm-hmm. it feels like they have completely wrapped up this series. And in fact, part of me wonders could they be moving away from Din going forward? Like is his story done? Are are, are is the Mandalorian's focus going to shift to Bo-Katan leading her people uh, or but even that I don't know how they really they continue like they've retaken Mandalore and they reunited everyone it sounds like so yeah because also unless they unless they do a time jump they can't rebuild Mandalore by the way it was destroyed so if they were to come back you're still going to see the planet scarred from you know the great uh the great purge um the only the only thread that is there that you could pick up on is Din basically being the because he's a bounty hunter and he went to the, uh, the the New Republic and said, hey, if you have some side jobs that are going to be under the radar and kind of safe because I'm going to be bringing uh, Din Grogu with me, then give me a heads up because we know there's a bunch of stuff out there that I can investigate better than you guys. I mean, that is the only one thread that they can take him back to like basically what he was in the first season. I guess I actually forgot about that. That is actually, I think, the new threat. Like that is that is the description for the new show, effectively. But I, I agree with that. But it's it's funny how I think we all come to the I think we all come to the agreement that if let's say fourth season doesn't happen, they basically wrapped up everything, but just left one major jumping off point that they could go to if it gets picked up. Yeah, I mean, maybe they want to reset back to season one style, like mission of the week type of mm-hmm. thing. But it's just, it's odd to me because it feels like even even all of that has been wrapped. Like they brought back, they they, they found a new IG head and rebuilt IG-11 and he's back and he's the Marshal Navarro. It, at least they addressed that. You know, IG-12 is no more and IG-11 is, he's kind of replaced... Cara Dune is the marshal now that she's gone, but it, yeah, I don't know. I, it, it really does feel like they've finished in story. Mm-hmm. Also, I, I have to say, I hated the pause in that wipe. Radio wipes are classic in Star yeah. Wars. I love them, but the pause in the, in the radio wipe felt so Looney Tunes and I hated it with a passion. <laughs> I agree with you. And I think the only other thing that probably would have made it worse for me is if Jaren was sitting there with a fishing pole right next to Grogu as he was playing with the frog. Or if Grogu popped in and like, blah, 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 that's yeah. all folks. Right? It's yeah. just like so bad. <laughs> which, which is, which would not happen because it's a completely different studio, but I totally, yeah, exactly. It. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just all in all, it was a good episode. It had great moments. It had it had a great way to take what they were building upon when they finally I think they finally found their way again and and end the series or end this season the way they did. It is true that I, I agree with you, William, that that NC that that the plot points were wrapped up too quick and too nicely. But you know it was still an enjoyable show to watch this one. Yeah. It had some good moments. I feel like 
it could have used another episode or two to really make it not feel quite so rushed and to give it some more emotional weight because we've always wanted to see this return of Mandalore and it just felt too simple and too predictable. Right. And, and I also agree. I think Steven, you were the one that brought up when they were there. Yeah. And when they were underneath the planet and they were showing that they could grow food again, I think that part could have been extended longer. And I do agree that when you've got, here's the Mandalorians come in and all of a sudden you're going to take off from that area to go fight. It would have, I was thinking that they were going to go join them at that spot, regroup, plan, and then go into battle. Instead of just all of a sudden jump right into battle. I don't know. It's yeah. It, I, it feels like there was probably another episode they could have done here. Um, it may have been a little bit tricky because, I mean, I guess maybe not. Like, it, it would have maybe felt like filler to some degree. Like, because I suspect, like, the Din's interrogation would be what would happen instead. Um, things like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, at the end of the day, I don't know. I, I enjoyed the episode. There was enough here that, like, it was worthwhile to me. Um, and, yeah, I'm just, I guess I'm curious to see where they go next and when we get the announcement for it all. Yeah. So are we yeah. good for ratings or well, well, anything else? Got, got, got a couple more things. Don't jump in just wait, yet. Wait, wait. Okay. No so okay. first, Sorry. We, we talked about it briefly, but do you think, is Moff Gideon dead? Or is he coming back? I would hope he I, was fried inside that armor. I'm sorry, Stephen, go ahead. No, I think he's dead. I, the way they close up everything else here makes me feel like they were ready to be done with Gideon and his story. I... The way he dies is a little bit cheesy with like a ship crashing next to him. But <laughs> my, that is my read is that, yes, he's meant yeah. to be dead. And, and he's got to be a pile of goo inside that armor. I mean, right there by those flames. There's no way he's coming back. I mean, yes, it's Beskar, but no, I, I think he's I think he's dead. And it was nice to see Grogu, you know, kind of call again, call back to season one, use the forest to create a bubble, protective mm-hmm. bubble around Bo, Katan and, and Din. But yeah, it, I I, I think say, he's probably think the, dead too. The worst comment I saw was that uh, at least Grogu's better at this than Kanan was. Which, oh, oh, too soon. Oh, oh. It, it really was. Oh, that hurt. Oh, that's sad. Ugh. Oh, that hurt. Poor Kanan. Wow. Um, also, we haven't talked yet about Grogu and his adoption. He's he's now officially a Mandalorian apprentice and he's been adopted by Din Djarin, who apparently is Din is their last name. There's I, I guess it. So is it last name first, first name last? It doesn't make any sense to me, to be honest. Yeah, because, actually, now I'm confused. Is, is it, it so is Paz, we, the Vizlas, we know the Vizlas, right? Like, yeah. Well, yep. So, sorry. We we know Paz Vizla and Pre Vizla mm-hmm. are all part of the Vizla clan. So at least they had their last name, their surname last. We also know that the Kreeses, Bo-Katan Kreese, Satine Kreese, right. their surnames also second. Um. So at least, you know, the typical Mandalorian has a second. Now you could imagine, well, maybe that's the Watch does things differently. Mm-hmm. But Paz Vizla was in the Watch, and so. I'm not sure what, like, what does Din mean? What is, do we call him Jaren now? Or do we just keep calling him by his last name? Cause now it's Din Jaren and Din Grogu. I'm, I'm very interested. Is it, is it possible because Yoda speaks backward and because his species basically is from <laughs> Yoda species 
they decided to, in this case, instead of being Gro Grogu Din, it's Din Grogu. And then I mean, it it, it sounds Jar better saying Din Grogu. The same thing. Yeah. But uh, it's but, Tom, that uh, may be the best explanation I've heard for this. I yeah, love the in mysterious the ways. They knew that yeah. Grogu would need to, you know, find a father figure that is as backwards as he is. So there you go. Force <laughs> brought them together, you know? Yep. Yeah. This was another funny, kind of funny moment, though, because, um, you know, when it happens, I talked to a couple people and they're like, but wasn't he already adopted? Because right? it, it, it felt, Din kind of came to this decision a long time ago. And while he never formally adopted Grogu, mm -hmm. it really has felt like this whole scene is it's season that he's, he's already kind of adopted Grogu. And so they've formalized it now and, yeah. you know, made it official, but it was always kind of a, a thing. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And it was nice to see, you know, Ragnar finally get his initiation as well. We one thing, we were we were wrong about Grogu. We were hypothesized that he would talk by the end of the season. And while he's getting closer, he did not. We were wrong. I don't know yeah. what he would have said anyway. Yeah. He probably would have sat there, he probably would have sat there and said, Look, a mythosaur. <laughs> I mean, I was expecting like this is the way or something. I'm yeah. kind of glad they didn't, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So Agreed. I don't know. It was, it was a, it was an interesting finale. This was the first, first season finale without a big cliffhanger or cameo or surprise mm -hmm. reveal, right? We had, uh, that was Luke, right? Was it no, no season one. Oh, now I'm blinking. Well, there, there was a big See, cameo no. at the end of season one. Um, well, it was Boba Fett. Didn't yeah. they lead in the book of Boba Fett? Yes, it was Boba Fett. Right. No, wait. No, wait, it wasn't. No, no, Boba no, no, Fett no. was season two, right? Sorry, yeah, it was. Sorry. So yeah, it was, it was, it not was Boba Luke. Fett. It was it was Luke in season one. It was Boba no, no, Fett Luke season, season two as well, because Luke, Luke is the... was season two. Oh, geez. I need to look it up. You know I'm... what? Oh, I guess Let's no, just it was just it... the dark saber. It was like, it was the dark saber. Um... That was, I think, the yeah. that was the bigger yeah, deal. Because it's Gideon standing on the yeah. the tie fighter. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, like, so, it's not so a big put... thing, but season two was Luke. That was a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, and also the reveal of the book of Boba Fett. There was it was a I think because it felt like they wrapped everything up right. It it really did feel like the end of a story, the end of an era. There was no teases, no cliffhangers. Just mm -hmm. let's tie everything in a pretty little bow and. That's it. And they don't always have to have a cliffhanger or a cameo, no. right? But it was interesting. When when it comes to the cameos, maybe they they spent their budget on the cameos of, you know, Doc Brown and oh, Jack gosh, Black no. and Lizzo. Because <laughs> yeah. they had all three of them in one episode. I mean Christopher Lloyd. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, it's hang Lloyd. on a second. Wait, wait, wait. You're you're off base here, Tom. I am there is a cameo in this. Dave Filoni's in the background of the cantina. When he is, that counts, he was right? already in that an counts. episode earlier. I mean, okay, I wouldn't, but, I wouldn't I... count that. I wouldn't count that because also, also, it's one of those things in which, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here, or, or you know, guy who worked in TV at one point. Maybe when they had the opportunity and he was in that cantina, they shot that scene two episodes back, and they just took that scene and lifted it here to make it look like it was from it was filmed in this one. Because their budget for cameos, they spent with the other three. 
Who I know your silence is deafening. Uh, it doesn't work. Uh, yeah, it doesn't who work. Who knows? <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's. Uh, I guess. I guess we should get into our our final ratings then. So I, I'm good with it. Uh, uh Stephen, you want to kick things off? Uh, you would send it to me first. Um. Yeah. Overall, I think. I enjoyed the episode. Like it was a solid episode. Um, I think I'm going to give it like an eight and a half out of 10 is about where I'm landing. Um, This is one of those cases where like, there's nothing I can really like point to that feels like it is like was wrong in the episode specifically. But as we kind of, as we've been talking through it, I think there's a bunch of places where it just feels like they could have done better. And we got good, but not great. If that makes sense. Um, I enjoyed the episode. I thought it was a fitting finale for the season. Um, I hope we get, I assume we'll get more Mandalorian. I'm, I, I'm curious to see how we develop and what happens next. Uh, but they definitely like kind of tied a bow on it, which doesn't leave a lot to do here. Um, yeah, I don't know if that really makes sense, but that's kind of how I'm feeling about it. But my eight and a half womp rats, um, I think I, I'm going first. So this makes it super easy. Mine are riding in on jetpacks and are part of the greatest <laughs> aerial man battle that you've ever seen. Not all of them are armed with blasters. Some of them are certainly, but there's one that's got a screwdriver. Uh, another is just got like a cup of water. The, I mean, there's no water in the cup right now. Like it falls out after the first, but like they're just, they're battling with whatever they've got and it's, it works apparently. So what are you going to do about it? I can see one of those womp rats going on the back of one of those super commander rockets and, and sitting there taking the screws out of it and just sitting there and just grabbing something, a wire and pulling it out. You're, I can see you're that. going way too deep there, Tom. They're, they're just like, they don't even stab them with the screw part on. They just like use it kind of like a, a little hammer. Oh, okay. The got rubber it. grip part. But yeah. <laughs> got it. Got it. Um, Tom, what about you? How are you feeling about it? I, I have to agree with you with the 8.5. Um, I, I do agree. I, I do get the feeling if this was going to be the last of this, of the Mandalorian, they did wrap it up. They got a lot of the, they wrapped up a lot of things with this. It'll be interesting when season four starts, whenever that gets announced, if it's going to happen, if it's already written, where they're going to go from here. Um, you know, I, I think there are some places where I think the episode could have been a little bit longer to let it breathe. I also agree that maybe it could have been split in two to have something breathe a little bit more. Um, but I did enjoy the episode. I thought it was good. I'm giving it an 8.5. And my 8.5 Womp Rats, they are actually the ones that are uh, tending to the gardens of Mandalore to make sure that there will be food at some point for the Mandalorians when they return to the planet. Because you have the armor who's actually building the armors, but now you've got the Womp Rats that are being the farmers to make sure that they have food on the planet for the rest of the Mandalorians to live and survive. I'm going to be very nice to my Womp Rats. I'm not going to do anything to them. Well, that's that's very kind of you, Tom. That's very kind. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. Until the Mythosaur comes out. And then the Mythosaur is going to have his way with them. Sorry. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, William, what do you think? Well, um, you know, I actually, I think... You guys said it very well. This was, there was a lot to love in this episode. That hallway sequence was incredible. The seeing all the Mandalorians fight, seeing the retake of Mandalore, something we've always wanted to, to see, right for for so long. It is, it's such a climactic, amazing thing, 
And yet, it felt a little bit hollow, a little bit um, like I was missing some, um, uh, if a little, little too simple, I guess. And 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 that even extended to the end where they they really tied up the the show and one could argue the series right in such a, a a neat tidy little bow that it feels like i don't know it feels like it's the it feels like it's the end in some ways even though we know there's more and i i don't know what that form can take maybe 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 this is the last we've seen of din and, and grogu maybe it's not we won't really know until the next season airs which could be a little ways off um but it, 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 I think I I like that they to wrap things up. You don't always need to have cliffhangers. It's I guess it it just seemed to, it seemed like they took the sh- shortcuts in some ways just to try to get to the end, um and and so from that respect it's it's not a perfect episode, but it was a very enjoyable episode, and so I I like you guys I'm gonna have to give it eight and a half womp rats out of ten, and my eight and a half womp rats. Well, they are, uh, it's a good thing Din attacked. He went through to the command center when he did because, you know, the, on the next shift change, the Womp Rats would have taken over in that hallway and Din would not have stood a chance against eight and a half Womp Rats in, uh, you know, spread out along that, that hallway. They don't have weapons on them. They just have their brute force and they're not to be trifled with. So it's a good thing. You might have a chance at that half one though. Uh, maybe he could get he could get a half, but that's probably about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I think that about wraps up our review. Um, we will be back next week, just a couple days, with our review of the Bad Batch season finale. Finally, you guys have been very patient, uh, and then after that, we'll do the uh our our mandalorian season three recap and then our bad batch season three recap and vision so we got a lot more coming your way stay tuned uh in the meantime thank you all for listening thank you for your patience while we were um uh while we were out and we'll be back soon with our review of mandalorian or sorry no the bad batch season finale Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.